Blog Talk Radio. Swing and a fly ball, deep to left, down the line, could be, going, going, and it is gone for a home run for David Wright. Struck him out swinging. Slider away. Tanaka tonight has struck out 10 and walked one. I mean, that's pretty darn good, huh? Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to Gotham Baseball Live. I'm your host, Mark Healy, and we are really excited about today's guest. Great show on tap. We're going to have Brian Hoke, longtime beat writer for the New York Yankees. He's calling us live from spring training, so we're excited to talk to him about a host of issues, uh, of course, about the New York Yankees heading into 2017. A lot of stuff has already happened this spring. The Yankees are playing, you know, really well. And, you know, we're always skeptical about player performance in the spring. We're always, uh, you know, kind of looked with a, you know, certainly a jaded eye towards, uh, you know, team records in spring training. Uh, George Steinbrenner always took spring training very seriously. A lot of people said too seriously. But I think there is something to be said for a young team, you know, to come in with a disciplined approach. Joe Girardi is the you know, perfect manager for that, this blend of, of, of young stars, of, you know, really young players and, and veterans that have been around the block. It's certainly a, a, it's certainly a combination that has a lot of fans Excited, especially of course Yankee fans. So, with you know all of that, there are some certain issues that we're going to talk to uh, Brian Hoke about. But the funny thing, uh, for those of you who don't know, you know Brian used to be the editor of Inside Pitch, which used to be uh, once upon a time the Mets official magazine, and you know at one point Brian was the editor and I was working for him and uh, writing stories for Inside Pitch. And then uh, a few years after that, when I opened up Gotham, you know, Brian wrote um, a couple of articles for me uh, in our magazine, those first couple of uh, issues. So I've known Brian a long time. Uh, Brian goes all the way back. I mean, he's a guy that that started uh, the Mets Online Fan Forum, and uh, which was a great precursor of Mets Blog. It was one of the best... Uh, if not the best Mets site around at the time. And it was something that uh, Mets fans definitely certainly started this whole – I'm sure that there is a bunch of folks on, you know, from Mets Twitter that started you know, reading about the Mets on the Internet from Mets online fan forums. So, you know, Brian, who's been covering the Yankees since 2007 – uh, for MLB.com is no stranger to the New York baseball fan, and he's also part of the Gotham family, whether it's extended family or not. When you're family, you're family uh, at Gotham Baseball. So we're excited to have him call in, uh, you know, from spring training today to talk about some of these issues. Now, if you have been following Gotham Baseball on Facebook at Gotham uh, at Facebook.com slash Gotham Baseball or Instagram or Twitter, you've noticed that Gotham is back in print. 
And we had, um, you know, we sat down with the folks that run the Wave newspaper, and uh, that's another place Brian Hoke used to work. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of connections here. But Gotham's back in print uh, on the pages of the Wave, and you might want to check it out. It's an interesting piece that we put together today. But without further ado, uh, live from spring training is our good friend Brian Hoke. He joins the show. Brian, uh, good afternoon, and thanks for joining the program. Hey, Mark, thanks for having me on. You know, um, first things first, Brian, when I think about Clint Frazier's hair and I think about uh, the storylines that it created, uh, I, I can only imagine, you know, what would have, how it would have transpired if Steinbrenner was still around. <laughs> no, yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, it was a silly story to begin with, but, uh, yeah, you imagine the boss would have, handled it a little differently. I think that uh, they kind of let him go with pushing the limit of how far he had to be up to the letter of the law uh, and then eventually decided to share it off. I think that if uh, George was still around, they probably would have had the, the buzzers out on day one of spring training. So, yeah, it, it probably would have been a little different. Now, I, you know, I, again, you know, you hear these things through the grapevine. You, you, know, you don't know. Is there any truth? I heard this ridiculous thing. I have to ask you because you, you're, you're the one who will set me straight. Did Clint Frazier ask to win, uh, ask to, uh, the Yankees to unretire number seven so he could wear it? Is there any truth to that rumor? I, that, that is the first I've heard of that. So, no, I, I don't think there is, but I, I'd be surprised uh, knowing all the history, and he seems to – appreciate uh, the organization he's in right now and says he's proud to be a part of it. I, I really doubt that. Uh, I doubt that happened. Well, I, I had to ask because the person who asked me is a, is a good buddy. So I was like, oh, I got to ask him. So uh, we're glad we got that out of the way. Um, it's the other thing I wanted to touch base with you. Seven was retired. I, I guess that could have happened. Yeah, that's uh, possible. But, that's you know, possible. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. The other thing is, is that, um, you know, the, the whole D.D. Gregorius injury, there's another thing that I think Steinbrenner, uh, George, if he was still with us, would have lost his mind about. And, and you know, I know that there's a, a, a certainly a faction of the Yankee fan base. This I'm not a Yankee fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I certainly um, have always criticized the WC, WBC because of the potential for injury. Now, with this injury with, with D.D., you know, there have been rumors that the Yankees may have asked or, or at least have been rumored to ask around baseball for a shortstop. What have you heard, Brian, how they're going to handle, uh, you know, this potential six weeks that Didi's going to be out? No, I'd be surprised if they weren't checking to see what's out there. But, I mean, you're, you're so late in camp that what you, what's out there on the trade market is probably not too much greater than what you already have in camp. And so – uh, the Yankees are, are really looking within here. I, I think that they feel Gregorius is not out for the season. He's not out for three months. Uh, they can get through a month if they have to go with Ronald Torres. Or Tyler Wade has looked really good this spring. Uh, he was going to be the starting uh, shortstop with AAA. Uh, I don't think it's a huge stretch to think he could make the jump and just skip AA. Come to the majors. Look, if you can feel the ground ball in AA, you can feel it in the majors. And any offense you would get would be a bonus. I, th- I think that's the way they probably will go and keep Torres as a backup infielder uh, because he's so versatile, and, and Wade's versatile as well. But they've got other guys in camp, Ruben Tejada, obviously the former Met. He's here, hasn't really done a whole lot this spring to distinguish himself. And Pete Cosmo, who had some big league time with the Cardinals, he's here, great glove, no bat. 
Um, those are pretty much the options they have here, uh, but they're not going to be Didi Gregorius. This is a guy who played excellent defense last year. He had 20 home runs. Uh, they were talking about maybe hitting him at the top of the lineup. So whatever you get, it's going to probably be a drop-off from what Didi would have done. Now, do you think that the, the Yankees, as they're currently constituted going into the season, can carry a, you know, a good glove, no-hit type of guy at that spot, or the, are they going to need, uh, you know, you know, basically, are they going to need a guy that at least can give them close to uh, Didi's production? They can if some of the other guys hit the way they think they will. I mean, Greg Bird has had a terrific spring. Gary Sanchez has, had, has looked great. Uh, he's picked up right where he left off. Uh, really, they, they're going to need some of those outfielders, I think, to pick up the slack. And, and you can talk about Chase Headley as well. I mean, Headley was dreadful last April. Uh, he needs to not start that way again. But if they can get some kind of production out of Jacoby Ellsbury, uh, if Brett Gardner can pick it up for above where he was last year, if Aaron Judge runs into a few fastballs and hits him over the wall, that could be big. Matt Holliday is in there. He's probably going to hit cleanup for this team. So I think they have guys who can pick up the slack offensively, but clearly uh, you're not going to be getting a whole lot out of the shortstop position if, if you're talking about uh, going from D.D. to Ronald Torres or Tyler Wade. Okay, you mentioned Greg Bird. Obviously, he's one of the feel-good stories of the spring training. Uh, everybody says he's a likable kid, of, and you know he's no stranger. You know, certainly to Yankee fans, you know, the, the, him missing a year uh, certainly doesn't uh, you know cloud the fact that he was very popular when he first came up, and he is the signal, I think, uh, Brian, of this transition. You know, it's it's funny that uh, last year. A lot of people around uh, sports radio were talking about how the Yankees had no personality, they had no stars, they were boring, this and that, yet they still went out and won, you know, 86 games. And now the talk of the spring is all of a sudden the Yankees are exciting because they have these young players. I always chuckle at how people, you know, can change their perspective, you know, from, from, from season to season. Um, I get the sense when I hear some of the players talk and, and I hear the manager, uh, you know, speak about this team that there is a good feeling in camp. And, you know, sometimes that translates and sometimes it doesn't. As someone who's been around, as you have, since 2007, and you've seen uh, every uh, iteration of, of, you know, the Joe Torre Yankees and the Joe Girardi Yankees and the superstars and now this young team, uh, how do you – how would you – communicate with the Yankee fan about this team? You know, does this feel good spring? Do you think it's going to translate into the regular season? And do the Yankees have a chance to at least be in the mix, you know, for the postseason? Oh, I think this is a team that if they get the starting pitching that they need, uh, we'll be talking about them in a pen race in September. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to go to the playoffs, but I think that uh, there's a good vibe in this camp. And I think that part of the thing for a Yankee fan that's fun is last year, you were really banking on the past. You were, you were saying, well, if Mark Teixeira can live up to his career numbers, if Alex Rodriguez can do what he did the year before, uh, then the Yankees should be good, and you know how that worked out. The fun part here for a Yankee fan, I think, is you can dream on the future. It's not just hoping that guys can do what they've already done. Uh, in, in the case of a Greg Bird, you're, you've already only seen just a sliver of what he can do. Gary Sanchez, probably same deal. Aaron Judd, same deal. Uh, these guys have their best years ahead of them. I, obviously, that's not the, the case for everybody on this team, but uh, as I watch CC Sabathia here fail to cover first base on a ground ball to the right side. But, uh, but I think that 
more than not, uh, these guys have more baseball ahead of them than they do behind them. And I think that's exciting for a fan to, to know that maybe you're here on the ground floor of the beginning of the dynasty. I mean, the, the, the comparison that a lot of people have drawn is those spring trainings of 95 and 96 when uh, Jeter was coming up and Posada and Pettit and Rivera. I'm not saying this is going to be the next core four here, but it's fun to have that possibility, I think. And, and you didn't have that in years past. The Yankee rotation, you brought it up, so I'll, I'll follow up with that. Um, the Yankee rotation uh, seems to have, obviously, the, the, you know, the onus on it that it has to carry the team, you know, as far as, or, or it has to carry the team's hopes. If, if they can pitch on a consistent basis, that they're going to be able to, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, contend. Um, just based on what you've seen, what you've heard, who do you think are going to be in those four and five spots for the rotation, at least based on what you've seen up until this point? Are we talking about the, the end of the rotation? Cause yes. uh, the, the top three, Oh, the end of the rotation. I yes, think if the I had to f- guess right five. now, <laughs> if I had to guess right now, I think that uh, Brian Mitchell would be my four and Jordan Montgomery has come out of nowhere. He's a dark horse. Uh, but he is taking advantage of the fact that nobody has really stepped up and taken that job. And I, I think he's got a really legit chance of beginning the season as the number five starter. So uh, Luis Sessa was sent down today. He was already out of the mix. Um, I, I think that Adam Warren, it hurts him because they know what he can do out of the bullpen. And he, he's such right. an easy fit back there. and They know he'll succeed. So I think that hurt his case. But Mitchell last year, had some of the best stuff in camp. Um, I, I think that he was the best pitcher in Yankee spring training last year. He's close to that where he was now. So I think they're going to go with him as a four. And, and really, uh, it's a coin flip, I think, when you look at the rest of it. But Montgomery seems to have intrigued the Yankees front office. Girardi is very taken with him. They gave him a start yesterday against the Rays in Port Charlotte. And, and for him to still be in Major League camp at this time, uh, I think that says volume. So uh, whether he does get it or not, I think that Jordan Montgomery will be making starts for the Yankees at some point this year. I, you know, and I was going to – I'm glad you brought him up because he's the guy that, you know, he's the guy that, that I've been reading about. He's the guy – I really haven't gotten the chance to see him yet. Uh, but he's the guy that certainly when I think about uh, a guys coming out of nowhere and having a great spring and, and, and translating that to the regular season, you certainly hope, uh, at least if you're a Yankee fan, you want to see a young guy like that. Uh, come out of nowhere, but I think the guy for me, and I don't know if you agree with this, Brian, uh, the guy for me that is the make or break, you know, starter outside of Tanaka, who's obviously the ace, who's looked phenomenal this spring, is Michael Pineda. Uh, Pineda is the of guy course. to me yeah. that if he's consistent, which he's never been as a Yankee, <laughs> if he's consistent, uh, that he's really the guy that can kind of bring the whole rotation together. Do you agree with that? No, for sure. I think that. You know, CC Sabathia was saying that every year he thinks that Michael Pineda is going to come in and win the Cy Young, and he keeps thinking this is the year because he's just got the stuff, but he obviously hasn't put it together. I, I think that, uh, you know, I was talking to Austin Romine a few weeks ago, and he was saying it's just fun to come to the ballpark and catch Michael Pineda because you never know today might be the day that he strikes out 15. Uh, the problem with that is it also might be the day that he doesn't get out of the second inning. So. Uh, they're trying to limit that. Um, I, I'll be curious to see how it goes. This is a walk year for Pineda. There's obviously a financial incentive. Uh, he could cash in pretty big. You saw the contract that Ivan Nova got coming off a pretty mediocre year. Uh, I, I think that Pineda could get, get twice that if he has 
any kind of a decent year, if you can go out and win 14, 15 games, keep the ERA under four, uh, strike out a bunch of guys, and, and the strikeouts will be there. Uh, the problem for him is finishing innings, uh, the second out, the second strike, not losing focus, and they're really trying hard on that. But, uh, you know, I feel like that's been the story with Michael Pineda. Jekyll and Hyde, one day he looks like the best pitcher in the world, and the next you say, uh, we can't get through a whole season with this guy. Let's talk about the bullpen. Obviously, before spring training became, you know, began, there was the whole thing with Patances, and certainly um, you haven't heard a lot about it uh, since then. Uh, you know, that's you know, that's part and parcel, I guess. Uh, there must have been a sit-down at some point, um, you know, with Girardi, with Cashman, with with Batances. I don't know if that happened, but certainly it's been very quiet uh, uh, around surrounding that uh, coming into the season. So uh, is Batances, is he, do you think that he's got his head on straight now and that he's uh, he's ready to start the season as the setup, as the setup man? Oh, I think so. I, I think he said what he needed to say, and uh, obviously he, felt mistreated by Randy Levine calling that press conference. And uh, it went back and forth for a couple of days, but I, I think they put it behind them. The fact that the Tances left the team for a little bit to go pitch in the world baseball classic, probably cooled things off for him. And yeah, I haven't sensed any problem there. I, there was conversations between Girardi and Batances, Cashman and Batances. Uh, they, whatever they said, they seemed to have put it behind them. Um, and, and I didn't expect Dylan to carry it into the season. Yeah, I, I think that's the kind of thing you just kind of tuck in the back of your mind. And uh, the way I would describe it is, it's it's a loss of innocence for him. Um, this is a guy who grew up in New York City, wanted to pitch for the Yankees, loved the Yankees. You know, he was sitting out in the bleachers for David Wells' perfect game. Uh, so this is it's probably the, the first time that he's actually looked at baseball as a business. So you, you take that, you accept it, and you say, all right, I'll remember that in three years when I'm a free agent. But I, I think for for now. Uh, Batances, all he wants to do is win, and uh, I think he's going to go out there and do the best job he can. I can't imagine he's going to be setting up for Chapman and thinking about his contract. Uh, I, I think that you'll see the same guy you saw last year. With all the spring trainings that you've covered, you know you've you've covered a you know a World Series. You've covered you know some of the you know some really bad moments uh, for the Yankees uh, following the the years of the dynasty. Uh, you've seen a team that has been criticized for being too milk toast, too boring, too beige. Um, do, do you think that, that Cashman and Girardi as a tandem, uh, you know, deserve, have deserved this time together, have deserved? I mean, I happen to l- like both of them very much, uh, you know, and full disclosure, they've been very good to me so and very nice to me. So, uh, you know, I would criticize them if, even if they were, you know, even if they, even if they were, but, the, the 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 fact of the matter is, Brian. Uh, do, in, in your opinion, as, as you've as you've viewed this team, as you've covered this team, uh, is Cashman and Girardi a good tandem, and have they deserved to be there, and do, will they deserve to be there? You know, for this next transition, have they earned that right? Did we lose you, Brian? I think we lost Brian. Uh, Let's see if he tries to call back in. He may have had to go. That's what happens when you have live radio from spring training. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we may have lost his signal. Uh, I know we're still on the air, so I'll try to vamp till he comes back. <laughs> um, hopefully we can get him. Uh, if not, um, we certainly will. Oh, there he is. He's back. All righty. We lost you for a second there, Brian. Sorry about that. 
What happened? <laughs> Where did I go? I, I let, let's blame uh, let's blame Randy Levine for that one. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much of the question you heard, but basically, I wanted to know, um, it, you know, with all the coverage of the Yankees that you've done, uh, do you think that? Uh, that Cashman and Girardi, because, you know, you always hear sports radio, the fans, they call, they want to fire one guy, they want to fire the other guy. Do you think that, that, that they, they've deserved to stay here this long, and will they be here through the transition, in your, in your opinion? I guess that's up to Hal Steinbrenner, but I don't get the sense that either of them are really on the hot seat right now, especially Cashman. I think that uh, there's a good working relationship between the front office, between Cashman. I mean, he's been here 20 years. Um, I, I don't get the sense that Hal is urgent to make a, uh, a change. I don't, I don't think he senses urgency there, especially with the trades that Cashman made at the deadline last year. Uh, he took charge. He said, this team's not going to win the World Series. Uh, what can we do to accelerate the process? Um, with Girardi, I guess that's another question. Uh, he's had a long stay here as well. I mean, 2008 is a long time ago. He's got one World Series title, but they haven't won a playoff game since 2012. So, you know, if this team goes out and they win 68, 70 games, then I think we'll be having a different conversation. But I think that Girardi deserves some credit for even being above 500 with some of the teams he's had the last few years. The injuries he had to deal with that, that year where he had about 75 different third basemen. Um, he's navigated the team through the A-Rod year, through the end of Derek Jeter, through the end of Mariano Rivera. I, I think he deserves some credit for that, but uh, is he the right guy to lead this team with a new crop of young players? I, I guess that remains to be seen, but I would say he did pretty well with that Marlins team in 2006 and won manager of the year. Obviously, he wound up getting fired by Jeffrey Loria after that, but he did pretty well with a young team, too. So I think Girardi's a good manager. I really do, and I'm there's a probably a short list around the majors of guys who you would say are better than him, absolutely. Uh, but I, I think the Yankees are comfortable with him. I think what happens this year on the field is going to determine a lot of Joe Girardi's future in that dugout. One last question for me, and again, we're talking with Brian Hoke, who's been covering the Yankees for MLB.com since 2007. Um, one last question, Brian, and that is uh, the leadership question. Um, Brian McCann... <laughs> You know, uh, I wanted the Mets to, to, to go after him. Uh, I wanted that kind of leadership in, in the clubhouse with the Mets. I wanted that kind of leadership behind the plate, a la Gary Carter, uh, you know, taking over uh, for those young pitchers. And I get the sense that, um, at least just from reading you and reading some of the other guys and listening to some of the other guys uh, and, 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 and gals that are covering the team uh, from spring training, that – Gary Sanchez has at least filled the role, um, you know, of that Yankee catcher to the point where not a lot of people are talking about Brian McCann this spring. Is that accurate? And do you think that Gary uh, had 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 at least enough time last year to get a comfortability with the pitchers? And and do you get that sense that you know he's ready to rock and roll? Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I don't expect him to hit 20 homers in the first 53 games again, and that people haven't been talking a whole lot about Brian McCann. And, you know, I, I know Brett Gardner said he misses him. It was his buddy. They were texting back and forth a little bit. They were laughing because uh, he obviously joined that crop of guys who grow a beard immediately after leaving the Yankees. But I, I think that everybody around the team recognized that, Hey, the future is here. I mean, Sanchez pretty much stepped up and took that job last year. So there wasn't a whole lot of place where McCann was going to fit, especially once they went out and got Matt holiday. So uh, I think that, 
you see in Sanchez, like I was saying, there's a lot more tomorrows than there are yesterdays. I'm not sure that's the case for a guy like McCann. That's exciting. It's exciting for fans to be in on the ground floor, and he's obviously done a good job with the pitching staff. You know, I keep thinking about his defense last year, and it's not just the arm. The arm is so strong, uh, throwing these bullets down to second base from his knees. But uh, the fact that in the middle of a bat, he goes out, wraps his arm around the pitcher, says, hey, calm down, settle down, does that to a guy like a Spathia or Pineda, guys who've been around the majors a long time, a lot longer than he has. And I think there's a maturity there. He obviously paid his dues in the minors. He had some ups and downs. But I, I think he's here to stay. And I think that uh, you're, you're probably looking at one of the top five catchers in the American League. Let's set the bar there. I'm not putting him in Cooperstown right now, but uh, I think that if you were drafting a team right now, you could do a lot worse than to put Gary Sanchez behind the plate. Look, uh, Brian, I know how busy it is uh, during spring training. I certainly appreciate you making the time to call into the program today. You know, I, I told the listeners uh, as you were, we were waiting for you to call in uh, about our long relationship and how long, how long we know each other. And uh, you God. just wanted to say, I, you know, I always, uh, you know, value the fact that we worked together uh, so many years ago and, and value the fact that you called in and really happy to see uh, you know how beautiful your daughter is, and uh, that family that you have is just fantastic. So give my best to Connie, and uh, have a great rest of spring training, and we'll see you at Foley's during the course of the season. You got it. Thanks so much, Mark. Take care. That was Brian Holt calling in live from spring training. He gave you a great, you know, kind of outlook, uh, what to expect for the Yankees. I mean, you know, he, he didn't say that, you know, they're a playoff team, you know, completely set to be a, a playoff team, but he certainly gave you hope. I think if you're a Yankee fan, you have to be excited about what's happening uh, in spring training. Ken Davidoff wrote a great piece the other day for the Post, uh, basically saying how, you know, that the spring training record, the spring training performance for the Yankees, it's not something to necessarily put aside. You know, there is something to the fact that, they, you know, and if you've ever been to Yankee spring training, folks, you know, and I have, and I've covered it, it is really organized. I mean, there is, first of all, no one, no one walks anywhere. There's, there's, you know, whether it's the veterans, whether it's the younger players, everybody runs everywhere. Uh, everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Uh, you know, there's always a bunch of former Yankees in camp, kind and kind of translating that Yankee pride, that Yankee tradition. And people can make fun of it all they want. They can, you know, shrug their shoulders and say, why do the Yankees do things like that? And why are they so corporate or whatever? Uh, you know, when you're around different camps and you're around different teams, I can only speak for myself. And I happen to, you know, as I said during the interview, I'm not a Yankee fan by any stretch of the imagination. But I do appreciate the way they do things. I do appreciate the way that they uphold tradition. And I asked about Clint Frazier and the hair thing because um, I wrote a piece last week, you know, in the Wave News uh, for Gotham Baseball, basically saying that, you know, when you come to the Yankees, you, you, you know, Clint Frazier is not going to change the way the Yankees do things, especially when after the trade, you know, and I, I, you know, I hear nothing but good things about the kid, but, you know, he comes to spring training uh, pushing the envelope after the trade where he hit 238 at AAA. Now, 
You hit 350. Now, first of all, even if you hit 350, you come to Yankee camp with long hair. Joe Girardi is going to say, all right, son, you got to cut your hair. That's how we do things here. Um, and that's the way, I, I, frankly, I have no problem with team rules. I have no problem with organizations saying to their players, look, we pay you millions of dollars, we have a dress code, and you're going to have to follow it. And I know there's a lot of sports writers around today, there's a lot of fans around today that don't like those kinds of rules. Well, uh, here's one sports writer that does like the rule. Uh, personally, I think that every team has the right to set the organizational tone. And if your organizational tone is you've got to cut your hair and you can't wear a beard, then, you know, I mean, there's been, there's been times when guys have, you know, said, I don't want to go play for the Yankees because I don't want to cut my beard. Well, if cutting your beard – is more important than, you know, potentially winning a World Series or being part of the Yankee organization, then you probably don't want that guy anyway. Well, that's been the show for this week. Uh, very excited, folks, to be back. I uh, really want to thank all the people that uh, downloaded and shared the podcast last week. We had some great numbers, the best numbers in, in years, really, for Gotham Baseball Live. Certainly want to thank everyone that's been following us on Twitter, following us on Instagram, and following us on Facebook, uh, really. And, and all the folks from the Wave, all the folks from Rockaway Beach that have been uh, so uh, enthusiastic about Gotham Baseball coming back into print. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the warmer weather. Spring is here. That means baseball is right around the corner. Have a great weekend, everybody, and this is Gotham Baseball Live.